0: to Sunday Morning Quarterback with Jay Stockwell and Bob Frady. Vince Ferragamo, welcome to Sunday Morning Quarterback. It's such an honor for me. I grew up in Nebraska, a little town called Hardington. I was 12 years old when you were the quarterback at Nebraska. Literally, I was baptized in Nebraska lore when you were the quarterback, and I followed you uh, basically my whole life. What an honor and pleasure. To welcome you uh, to this podcast, and and I just want to just get your gut reaction from what you saw today, um, and we're not gonna we're not gonna bias you with any of our views up front. But from the perspective, first of all, wait, one question: Do you have any eligibility left? Could we maybe? Yeah,
1: okay. <laughs> that's a great introduction. I'm telling you, I'm so old, ben. you wouldn't want me in there for sure. But i would uh, not great to be on. Well, no, we might. Hey, wait, Vince, can you catch a snap?
2: Can you catch a snap? Like, don't from, no, don't bias, the, don't don't bias the well there, Stockwell. Let's hear from let's hear from Vince. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, you know
1: he's hitting he's hitting the notes. So he's hitting the quarterback notes. I'm telling you right now, Bob, because Jay's Jay's right on. I, uh, you know my um, my reflections on the game today from Colorado. Coming into this game, you know Nebraska's had a long history of of uh, wiping out Colorado. It doesn't matter what type of teams they had, we would beat them every time and. You know, I understand it was a it was a sellout crowd. It was the first time in probably 25 years that Colorado's had a sellout crowd. But, you know, I, I, I think these are my reflections on the game. I look at the first two games, the Minnesota game. Um, I know Marcus Satterfield is trying to do his best there. But why do you call three passes when you're up by seven points with 12 and a half minutes to go? Let's get back to Nebraska football run the ball down there. Amen. Game over. Okay, that's one thing. Why do you on fourth down and one or two at midfield today when you're still in the game and you got to get the first down, why do you go to a zone read from the shotgun formation? What what's going on with the play calling? I mean, I I hate to put blame on anybody, but I I really think that Coaching is a vital part of this game. And you can see prime time what he's done with his coaching staff. What he's done, yes, he's come in with the transfer portal. He got guys that want to come play. He says, we coming. Yes, they're coming. And they have a lot of talent. They have a lot of talent there. And I have to say one thing about this team, the Colorado team. I mean, that's the talk of the town. That's They've captured the entire sports world, okay? Because to coach your son, at a collegiate level like this is virtually impossible. It's tough. And he's done it his whole life. He started when the kids were young and they grew up together. He he went to Jackson State. He comes here. You know, he's got his plan. He's That, that, that team has fight. That would, that was Nebraska with Tom Osborne years ago. We had. Right, right. We'd fight to the end. They, fought, they will fight. They did it last week against TCU. And they did today. The, Nebraska's defense was playing really good. That's, a, I think, one of the best secondaries I've seen Nebraska have in a long time. I mean, uh, you got to go back to Dave Butterfield and, uh, y- you know, and, and Burrow and, and that type of uh, secondary. But, man, these guys can cover. And they had their work cut out for them today. And in the first half, it was even. You know, Rule comes in, and
0: I'm 90% of the, everything I'm seeing from that Rule, I love, yeah. okay? But they let... Casey Thompson go in favor yeah. of Jeff Sims, who's got the highest turnover ratio of any player in the FBS. So at Georgia Tech, 23 games, 25 interceptions, all right? And in the first six quarters of Nebraska football this year, yeah. seven turnovers. Yes. They seem to have made a major personnel misjudgment here. Would you have benched him in the first half after the, the first couple of turnovers? How How is a quarterback... Uh, based on your experience, would you have handled that situation? Well, I
1: know what Tom Osborne would have done. He, he would have been out. Well, let's hear he, it. you he, he would have been. Yeah. Would have been out. And, you know, let's just put the thing about uh, Casey Thompson. Yeah, I talked to Tommy Heiser, who I threw to at college. He was a great wing back. I mean, he and he's been following Nebraska football. He's a, he's a season ticket holder. He goes to all the games. He's the doctor of the team. But you know, he was telling me when Matt Rule sat down with Sims and Thompson and, you know, he explained to him, he I'm going to a running quarterback. Well, that just threw out Casey. I guess Casey decided I, I got to leave. This is not going to be my style of football. So he left. Yeah, he was a quality quarterback. But now you you have to build the team around Jeff. And, and you know what? He's a running quarterback. He's a running quarterback. Like Tommy Frazier, run the ball. I mean, when they ran the ball yep. with him. But when they try to get um, clever and there's no commun- there's a communication breakdown, obviously, uh, there's no coordination with the motion back uh, when they're snapping the ball. That's all handled by the quarterback. Okay. That should not happen. Yep. Those kind of things cannot happen. The ball snapped directly. You know, we called. He drops the ball. So, I mean, it, he's not ready to play. He's not ready to play. I'm we- just saying.
2: We called out the same thing last week. Uh, with the throw and the three passes. We get the first one, you take your shot. But you're right. You know, for a little while there they were playing some nineties Nebraska football, whereas, you know, as option reads and just pitch the ball. And they get away from that. Do you think that maybe they just don't have faith in the other quarterbacks? That's why they're sticking with Sims so long?
1: Well, you have a tendency, actually, Bob, you got to stick with the guy that, uh, that that's uh, QB1, right? And that's the guy coming into camp. He he left spring ball, QB1, and this is the guy they're going with. You have the whole year to work with the guys that you have to know mentally, physically, uh, fight-wise. Do they have the stamina? Are they going to go out there? I mean, Tom Osborne and, and, and Corgan and those guys, when I was there, it's just like, if you turn the ball over, man, you're out. You you can't turn ball yeah. over. I mean, they were sticklers on that. We you just you just lose. Yeah, and I feel embarrassed because I watched this game, and I'm going, Colorado cannot do this. I mean, they're a good team, obviously. They have a good team, but shut them down. Their defense, you can't keep a defense on the field. I don't care how good they are. Forever, they they're gonna they're gonna break down eventually. And I'm telling you, yep. what you mean, the best quarterback in the country right now. With okay. was sanders for colorado yeah he does, i agree he does everything right when you look for a quarterback i'm telling you this guy he's got poise in the pocket he knows when he's has to move he's very in control he drills the pass if he has to move he, he's a thrower first he's not a runner first that's what makes him so great and he's got great leadership He's going to stay in there. I don't care what the score is. If they're down by a score, they'll come right back and put another touchdown, you know, drive together. So this guy is talented. He comes from great lineage. That's a tough team they were up against. But you know what? They came in, and, and I have to say Matt Rule has done a pretty decent job. I mean, he's got some good schemes together, but I don't know what's going on with the rest of the coaching staff. Yeah.
0: Uh, look, I, I, I'm, I'm encouraged by Matt Rule. I we're, we're gonna stick, you yeah. know, keep the faith with the guy as, as, as we can. But boy, oh boy, have they learned a lot in the last uh, couple of games. All right, so let's, let's, in terms of game recap, we'll kind of put that behind us. Take us back to happier times, Vince. But you, you're from Torrance, California. You started out elsewhere. Tell us about how you got recruited and how you came to Nebraska and then your time there. And then kind of walk us through your professional career. I mean, and just looking at it on Wikipedia, you know, really awesome professional career for a long time. So
1: can you just kind of take us through that sort of snapshot of your life? It was uh, tumultuous in the beginning when coming out of high school, I, I was highly sought after sought out after uh, stanford was recruiting me nebraska cal there was there was a lot of schools um i decided i was going to go to stanford it, it turned out i ended up going to cal right at the last minute uh after two years i put it did playing. you make like a wrong turn in San jose or something you just took <laughs> this highway instead of that highway. No, I, f- I found my way there i found my way there but uh you know it was um it was a whole different experience for me. I mean, I went from one of the most liberal schools to one of the most conservative schools. But I think in those days, we didn't have have the transfer portal. So I had, you know, after two years and they put us on probation, I said, well, here's my dream as a kid growing up in in Torrance and in Wilmington, California, I want to go play in the Rose Bowl. um, I wasn't going to get that chance. So I decided to leave. I, I, made my first contact the university of Nebraska. They, they put me, they said, okay, well, if you want to come, you want to try your luck here, come on over and we'll put you on a baseball scholarship and see what happens. And, um, that's what happened. I transferred to Nebraska. I was seventh on the depth chart, had to work my way all the way to the top. I think I uh, impressed some of the coach wow. training and, uh, and made it to the top. We had Terry Luck, who was our team captain, uh, my first year, he was a, a sixth year, uh, senior and, uh, he started off the season and, and uh, we, we tied LSU. And then that halftime, the second game against Miami, they, they put me in and, you know, uh, it didn't last long, you know? So, I mean, when I got in there, you know, things changed. The, the chemistry was right. The players were ready. I was ready to go. And you always have to wait for your opportunity. And when it, when it strikes, you got to make the best of it. And, uh, fortunately for me, I went on and, and had a a great career at nebraska i had great coaching uh, we had a great team great team chemistry and it's who are some who are some of the other players
0: on your team that were that back then in uh 76 ish right yeah we yeah like who were who were some who were some of the guys we,
1: we had we had a great team from from offense to defense uh defense you had mike fultz over there on defense before that you had uh uh when i was redshirting my first year you had tom rude you, you had uh you had defense yeah. of black shirts. Wonder Mons was a was a safety. You had Jimmy Burrow at Wonder Mons. One, one yeah. Runs, yeah. Down on offense, we had Bob Lingenfelter. We had Greg Jorgensen. We had just a great lineup. Running backs, we were full of running backs, Tony Davis, John O'Leary, wide receivers. Bobby Thomas was as best as they got. I mean Dave Shamblin. Yeah. Uh, Chuck Melito, who passed away. Chuck was was a great had great speed. He was from Colorado he 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 could just uh get the ball and you know Tom liked to throw the football so we we were a strong running yeah. attack but he he saw what with the talents we had and then he said I'm going to throw the football and we led the big eight in passing and uh you know we made a lot of plays if it wasn't for us throwing the ball in our uh, my senior year at against Texas Tech um you know we beat we be- you won that game 27 to 14 27, 27 14 and you know who their defensive coordinator oh, was Oh okay yeah, that, that was, was um, uh, Bill Parcells. So Bill Parcells. Oh, my God. Oh wow. and, and he stopped our Holy running cow. game cold. We could not move the ball on the ground. So Tom Osborne was smart enough. He just starts, let's throw it. Let's throw it, Vinny. Throw it. Throw it. And it's funny because yeah. the, the day after following that game, the chancellor walked up to Tom Osborne. He says, it's a good thing you won that game because I was going to fire you today. And so... <laughs> he, oh wow yeah, look what Tom Osborne had a, a legendary career after that and so uh so so great yeah. great segue T- just talk a little bit about coach Osborne yeah Bob and I've met him a
0: number of times just as the sweet heart of a guy, but a legendary coach two fifty five fifty three and three five national championships uh, you know and the rest three of them were his what was he like as your your coach? he
1: was calm cool and collected all the time I can tell you. Yeah. he they were loyal they uh, the 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 coaching staff was with him for 30 years they never left
2: wow. you had you,
1: you had wow. the uh, uh the, the loyalty from from within they built that team on contributions guys came in we had very few guys go make it in the NFL but everybody was great collegiate players and they all played together worked together it was all through tom Osborne's hard work never used a foul language we never had Personal fouls, I I don't think we ever had a a, a personal foul called in a game. Um, We we hardly ever jumped off sides. I mean, how many times did Nebraska jump off sides today? It was, it Uh, it was embarrassing. It's embarrassing, okay? You don't do that. nebraska gotta control that. You gotta get to find the guy to go out there. And um, it starts from a grassroots effort. And he was always very specially oriented he always reviewed game plans. His games were game plans were were unique because they were complicated but simple, and he put everything together. We got tested every Friday before the Saturday games. We had to go in and get tested, and we knew it. Well, hold on. They had an exam for the like the plays and the yeah quarterback. Yeah, we you had, had a and test? Tom gave us a quiz. He gave us a test every Friday morning. We, had, we went in there, wow. we, had to, we had to write down all the all of our plays, the, uh, doubt and distance situations. We knew it all. We had to know it all. It's it, Football is more a mental game than it is a physical game. Physical game. I, I tell it to my grandson a lot. And they're learning that, and the, I gave them all playbooks. So they're nine years old, and the, and the parents were looking at me like, <laughs> are you crazy? No, we're going to did you use like did you use like a little tiny font and have I a lot of lines play, on, it, or no, was it like thing. a big crayon? It's nine years old, they got to read it, and they got to learn it. I mean, you might as well start learning the game and learn the correct way to run. I mean, a lot of teams just they they draw up a play, they hand the ball, or the guy sweeps, or he goes this way or that way. We we actually do call plays that they will be learning in high school, college, and if they want to go further, they'll learn them in pros. It's the same stuff. So why not learn it when you're nine years old? You'll be surprised how much they can so, learn. So but. That's the way. Tom so Vince was. Stockwell, very thorough. I, I can say, Jay, very thorough, and um, you know, if you, you didn't make mistakes because you were well prepared. Preparation is the key, and I don't think. What <laughs> was? I
2: mean,
1: is, he, I mean you they, cool.
2: they look like they lack some preparation. Yeah, it's preparation. It's preparation. So St- Stockwell is like a puppy right now. He's so excited to meet you. We met you a, a few years ago at a holiday bowl down in San Diego and he was he was he was for Clint Just, there might be a puddle on the floor where Stockwell is right he's so excited to meet you. But let me ask you another couple yeah. of questions. Given the liberal protection the quarterbacks get these days how many yards do you think you could have thrown for a college in this current environment Well the
1: game the game certainly Bob has changed and it's it's a lot more pass happy offense. But you, you can see in the NFL the importance of the running game. And they put a devaluation of running backs in the NFL. But a running back is a key element to any offense. Um, because the offensive lineman, and I, I do a podcast with Jackie Slater called On Point Live with Vincent Jackie. We do a weekly show and he continually talks about the offensive lineman teeing off and beating down the pass rush out of the defensive line. And if you don't do it by running the football, you you have a very difficult time of sustaining a great pass protection for the quarterback. So you have to be able to do both. You have to be able to run the football, and then the running plays will open up the defense. Uh, Some teams are like pass to open up the run, but most of the great teams are run to open up the pass. Um, Right, right. Right, great teams are like Kansas City. They they can throw the run. They throw to to, to set up the run, but they're so clever at what they do. Most teams are not that clever, and that's why they're so successful. It just
2: looked like Nebraska was so much bigger than Colorado. Yeah, and what I couldn't understand is why they weren't just beating them, just beating the ball right down there. Well, throat. when you run a same throw, thing with Minnesota we last week, they were Reed on
1: fourth and two, Bob. You're not going to pick up the first down.
0: Right. don't you know,
1: right. uh, there, there yeah, moments. Balls, there were moments. You can't moments. run a zone read with fourth and two. They're going to close the gap. They're going to hit the back before he hits the hole. And let me tell you another there, play. There, let there. me tell you another play. I'm watching the game. Yeah. And they're they have a spread formation, but they're in the, um, uh, the the shotgun. But the the back is behind the quarterback. Okay. All right. They have they're so wide outside. There's no way they can throw the football. So they just told the defense, "I'm running the football, and the back is behind the quarterback. It's going to take them longer to hit the line." They got stuffed on that play. I mean, that is yeah. that's not that's not good when a defense can read what you're going to what, what plays coming at them. You know, they need to be surprised at what's what's hitting them. So I mean, it, it just it not so, look good. Are are your are your, wall, are your walls okay at your home? Did you throw anything through oh, the wall mind. during the game? <laughs> <laughs> my wife, my wife, she's from Omaha, Nebraska. She was telling me, "Calm down, calm down, hey, calm down." <laughs>
0: so Vince, yep. good. If, if we could take a few more minutes of your time, we have a few more things we want to cover with okay. you. First of all, I leaned over to my wife this morning. I said, "Hey, honey, we've got Vince Ferragamo on the on the pod today," and she's like, "You mean the shoe guy?" <laughs> Yeah. Like, my wife, my wife said the same day
1: thing. you are <laughs> a pair of shoes. <laughs> yeah. You do not have so, the, Ferragamo, uh, the pair, but, but, I have I have a, a number of pairs of shoes from the Ferragamo. They're they're a great brand. I'll tell you that. <laughs> so
0: nine years in the pros, right?
1: Yes. So say eight, nine years.
2: Yeah. Uh long time including, with the Rams. Them, including a five hundred yard gain.
1: Yeah. I have one year in Canada at 509 against the Bears. Yeah, but that was second highest at that time. But like you said though, you mentioned yep. has the game changed that much? The game is so Bob is so much more wide open today. I would have loved mm-hmm. to play in this system. Yeah, they they can't hit the quarterback. They can't do a head slap on the on the offensive lineman. Defensive linemen have to they can't pounce on the quarterback. I mean, you know, you just uh it's a it's a pass happy uh league now and you can be very creative. But I tell you, the quarterback needs to get under the center. Some of these teams run expli- yeah. uh, run entirely an offense in the shotgun. That's not going to happen. you got to get under the center at certain times. And, you know, I mean, Great. He is, he so you want to, to be creative to... under center. I mean, you know, the Rams won a Super yep. Bowl with Matt Stafford being under center. Some. So, I mean, you can't go in the shotgun the whole time.
0: Back to your business uh, venture. Yeah. So, David Max told me you sold his house in, like, three minutes.
1: Ralph. Well, <laughs> when I when I retired from football, Jay I, I got involved in the real estate market and I uh, I own Touchdown Real Estate, obviously you can tell by the name and we call Fer- we have a, a DBA Ferragamo Real Estate. We're also in the mortgage business, we do private lending as well. And uh you know, that's kind of carried uh carried me through. I mean, I I had a great background in in athletics and then I got into the business world and and, and met some great people and uh we have some some great similarities with other companies. And, um, you know, that's how we operate. But we've been very loyal to our people and a lot of our customers. And like David, yeah, we sold David's house. He had a, he had a great home in, in Irvine, and that's a real expensive area. So it was easy to sell. Some houses just sell on their own. But a lot of times today, you have to really work with the social media. You have to market the property correctly and and make a make a strong effort. Uh, nothing comes easy. I don't even care if it's sales. It's People think, oh, it's easy to be a realtor. No, it really isn't. You have to really get out there and understand the business and understand the market, and uh, have a great personal relationship with people.
0: So, Bob and I also happen to be big fans of wine, ah. and you have a winery. Yeah.
1: Well, tell us about the winery, Jay. It's a, it's a lot of fun. It's a it's a uh, we're a family-owned uh, operation. Vince If anyone's interested, we just did a wine dinner the other night. It was spectacular. We. We do a lot of charitable events. Uh, we did one for the Ronald McDonald House and had a great group. They loved the wines and I paired the wines with the food. I'm I'm actually an entry level sommelier, so that helps. I did some training up there at the at the Napa Institute, um, the Greystone Institute, and uh, but I'm really kind of um, Italian wine intensive. So my the, the grapes that we grow here in Orange County, which is well unusual, you don't see a lot of them in Orange County. You see them more than Sonoma and Napa. Are you in Temecula? Are you in no, Temecula? are north- no. so Orange, Orange County. Orange oh. County. Oh, okay. Um, okay. No, so, okay.
2: um I actually um You know what? Spoken like a guy, spoken like a guy from Nebraska.
1: Are you in Temecula?
2: <laughs> no, it's Orange County. Uh, you
1: wouldn't believe it, but uh yeah, just the other day I went wine tasting at um at, uh at Moraga Winery, which is in downtown uh Los Angeles in Beverly Hills. He owns about fifteen acres. Um so Oh wow! It oh, was wow. a fabulous liner. growing
2: it. In,
1: growing it in Beverly it, Hills. It's in Beverly Hills. Yeah, they are. They're doing a great job with wow. their, with growing grapes. They grow a Bordeaux style wine. They grow uh, a, uh, Cabernet Sauvignon. They have Petit Bordeaux. They have um, Malbec and um, uh, and Cabernet Franc. But I grow in Orange County. We grow Sangiovese, obviously, because it's Italian varietal, and we grow a little Cabernet yep. and Cabernet Franc, and we do a blend. It's uh, it's a super Tuscan style wine, and it's uh, got a lot of great uh, great accolades. We've got some gold medals, and um, we've done a pretty good job with it. So it's a lot of fun, and it's a great food wine. It goes with a lot of our Italian meals that we. My wife loves to cook. She's Sicilian, and and so um, you gotta be careful because you gotta, you know, you gotta be real nice to her. <laughs>
2: Wait, Vince, Vince, your wife told you to calm down, and she's Sicilian. Yeah. yeah. That, you, you must have been hot
1: today you must have been hot what do you want for lunch what do you want for lunch no I, I said okay of something but um yeah no no yeah she told me to calm down and you better do what she said or else you're in trouble can can you are
2: this are the wines available in stores is there a club or how how would people acquire your wine yeah
1: you can go right online is probably the easiest way bob but uh on our website, Vince Farragamo Vineyards.com. You can become a wine member if you like. Um, we uh, we are a boutique winery, so we only make a specific amount of wines, probably about 600 bottles a year. That's about it. But we also have a couple other lines okay. of wine. So, but um, I'll have to send you guys some and have the people back in Nebraska. I'm sure you'll enjoy it because it's. Um, it's, it's a... It won't last. It won't, <laughs> won't last. <laughs> All right. Well, since you guys are wine, lovers, we will I want salt, to we, take we,
2: care we... of you guys. We will, we will, we will take that away faster than a, than a <laughs> Jeff Simmons fumble. It's just La- we'll f- last topic.
0: Last topic for you, Vince. We are both philanthropists. Yeah. We make uh, donations to a few things in Nebraska. Tell us about your foundation.
1: Yeah, the uh, Farragamo Foundation has been around for uh, about thirty some years. We, uh, I started doing a golf tournament uh, back in 1983. I remember the year because it's my my first daughter was born that year. And she was one year old and came to the golf tournament, and we raised money for um, the developmentally disabled and uh, the Special Olympics program and the Speech and Language Development Center, and we generated quite uh, quite a bit of money, maybe three million dollars in uh, in those thirty years, and so we were real proud of that. We became one of the major fundraisers for Orange. That's National awesome. Olympics. And then my wife did a, um, we did a, a, a fundraiser, a luncheon for the Orange Coast Memorial Foundation at the hospital for breast cancer. And it was very successful. For 10 years, we did that. And they named a wing of the hospital after uh, after her foundation. And the Farragama Foundation still exists today. We still do some uh, some fundraising. We still help uh, a lot of charities out the best we can and um so it, it's been uh it's been a way to give back to the community I've enjoyed it um, all my kids have been involved with it I had three daughters uh, they were very active with it for some time my oldest daughter became a pediatrician and she still gives back so um I awesome. am just really excited about uh, all the, the the people we were able to help over the years yeah
0: well Vince uh it, normally Bob and I would do uh, you know just the separate segment of the podcast without the guests, but this has been so amazing. This is all we're going to do. We're just going to call it amazing. And thank you so much. And consider yourself a friend of Sunday morning quarterback. Thank you. And we would love to get out to orange County and Bob is already there. He lives there. But by the way, Vince, you should know this. Bob just sold his company and is building a house, uh, bought a house here and is renovating it in Minnesota. So we'd like to do a dinner in, in California and in Minnesota. Well,
1: well, and bring her your on wine. A wine dinner. That'll be great. That'll
2: be. Just yeah, let be us awesome. know what it is. All right, one of us will be there. Oh, here my, the, oh. The, the Halloween party. Well, wow.
1: Maybe. maybe oh. get...
2: <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know if we want to publish that. We'll talk about it later. But uh...
1: <laughs> uh, I'll come in a space suit or something. You can't recognize who I am. I love. I love <laughs> Halloween parties. By the way, <laughs> I, read, Vince, I thank you so much with a mask People didn't even know who I was the whole the whole night. Where I was there. It wasn't okay. so <laughs> let, love
2: that. Let, let me ask you one more question. Yeah. At this point in your life, would you rather walk through a room where no one knew who you were or walk through a room where everyone knew who you were?
1: Well, um, I guess if I'm being honored, they better know who I am. If I'm locked into that <laughs> room. But generally speaking, uh, I think I'd rather walk in a room nobody knew who I was. Is that I can, yeah, and the I can same have way. a little peace and of the... mind when I'm in the room, especially like when you go somewhere to eat. But most people are really kind and, you know, they, they won't disturb you when uh when you got some when you're eating food or doing something. But afterwards, they'll come up to you. But, yeah, I think most of the time everybody's pretty, uh pretty cognizant of that. and they, And they treat you with a lot of respect. And that's that's the way I would would rather have my grandkids treat people with with a certain amount of respect. So I think that's one thing we're lacking today. We need more of that. Good question. Well, that's I, a perfect
0: I, place. Perfect
1: place. I think, to your, wrap grands, up.
2: I think your grandson is uh, what? What year is? What year? recruit is, he? is that twenty thirty two? Yeah, he's not, maybe so.
1: Look for him down the road. He likes baseball and he's a good tennis player. So we'll see what happens. But he plays football. There for we five, But he's not a bad. He throws the ball pretty good. So I wonder where he got that. I don't know.
0: Well, Vince, thank you very much, and uh, go big red. All right, thanks a lot, Jay. Thank you, Bob. Don't lose faith.
2: All right, don't lose faith.